Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Washington, D.C. with my new friend Mike Farako of YourTravelMentors.com. Mike moved to the city in 2014 for work and fell in love with the city. While there are numerous museums and monuments to explore, the opportunities for outdoor activities are endless. In this episode, Mike and I talk about plane spotting at Gravelly Point Park, dining on Embassy Row, and exploring Teddy Roosevelt Island on the Potomac. You'll hear about these three incredible attractions and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash DC. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Washington, D.C. It's one of my favorite cities to visit. I grew up there going so many times, and I can't wait to take my kids there now that they're getting a little bit older because they can see all the monuments and the museums and just really kind of appreciate how that's like the center of our government and everything else. So what's your connection to the city? I lived in right across the river from Washington, D.C. in Arlington, Virginia for about five years from 2014 to 2019. And I moved there for work in 2014. I'm a software engineer at my day job. And the tech market in D.C. is growing. And I don't work in government. I work in the private se- private sector. But there are a ton of jobs in the public sector and government there as well um, in tech and obviously outside of tech. So it's a good place for someone who's a software engineer to to work. And like I mentioned, I lived across the river in Arlington, Virginia, the suburbs of DC are almost like cities in and of themselves. So uh, Arlington is bigger than a lot of other suburbs in the country. And I would consider it a city in and of itself. For sure. So like you lived there for five years, like what did you love most about being in that area? Yeah. So there, uh, I loved a lot of things and I, I miss a lot of things about living in that area, but there are two things that I often highlight when people ask me this question. The first thing is I love being outdoors. I'm a big biker and runner. And I I love being outside and doing those activities. And uh, Washington, D.C. and the surrounding areas are great for people who like to do that kind of stuff. There are a ton of paved multipurpose trails everywhere throughout the city. And and there's other suburban areas, like I mentioned, you can ride your bike for miles on paved trails. And whether it's along the river with views of the, you know, the, the monuments that are in the city, it's just a great place to be outside. And there's just a lot of you know, road-free opportunities for riding your bike and running. One of the other great places to hang out outside is Great Falls State Park. It's a park that's about 30 minutes outside the city, but it's right on the Potomac River, which is the river that actually flows into the city or through the city, I'll say. The cool thing about this river is it's like a very rapid filled part of the Potomac River. So there's like a ton of waterfalls. And if you go there after it rains, it's very rough and the rapids are really cool to see. You can hike in that area and there's like some lookout points and um, it's a really cool place to spend the day if if you want to get a little bit outside the city, but um, want to see like a really cool place and, and spend some time outdoors. And and then I'll say like just a little bit farther out, about an hour and a half outside the city, uh, is a, another very popular place that people that live in D.C. go to hang out, and that's Shenandoah National Park. There are a ton of places to hike, and if if you're not into hiking, there's this road called Skyline Drive that basically follows the tops of the mountains all throughout the park, and every mile or few miles, there's 
pull-offs where you can stop and see views of the Shenandoah Valley and mountains in the distance and you're on a mountain and you're way up high and it's just really cool to even just go for a drive out there and and just especially in the fall the trees are trees change and it's there's great views so that's a cool place to hang out as well a little bit farther outside the city that sounds very beautiful well, one of the things i love about dc is that everything's very walkable and like even if we're not going on hikes and those types of things you know, you're walking around between all the museums and the monuments and everything else like that and you know i'm the dad of the family so i'm usually the one driving and anytime i can find a city like dc where it's all about walking makes you feel a little bit better when you when you uh snack on some uh, some sweet treats or whatever you know you can walk off some of them calories but it's all about getting out there in that, in that fresh air and walking around and, and just kind of enjoying time with family instead of being stuck in traffic yeah and and you are so right about that it's it's an extremely walkable city and and it plays right into one you know one of the things that i i loved about it i, I will say too the the other thing that i really love about dc is the the diversity of the city because it's a center of government for the country there are people from all over the country and the world that that live there and visit there so um there are pockets of international populations all over the city and it just results in amazing diversity especially uh, of the food like there's just food from all over the world in the city and surrounding areas and i mean you can find vietnamese neighborhoods with like authentic vietnamese food you know just outside the city and there's not many places in the united states where you can get that kind of like authentic almost experience too not just like you know one restaurant that has the authentic food you kind of are going to an area that has that authentic food and the authentic culture and the people from that, you know, have grew, grown up in the place where that food is from. So uh, that's, that's another thing that I love about the city. For sure. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have the embassies from all these other countries around the world, they're in DC and they're bringing in some of the, some of their, their locals to bring in that culture and, and to kind of, in a way, like advertise their country, right? Totally. And uh, you mentioned the embassies. There's a, a cool area in the city called Embassy Row where you can find, Pretty much all of the embassies that are located in the city, uh, they're all like clumped together in this one area. And uh, it's cool because you can, if if the weather's nice, you can head there and walk down the street and see like even the outsides of the buildings are cool. They're all kind of, you know, decorated or or architected in a way that kind of reflects the country that they represent. And some of them even let you come inside and check out different art installations or cultural installations from the country. I think they have like a an embassy weekend or something. I have to look that up, but I think there's like an embassy weekend every year or a week maybe where, where they, a lot of them open their doors and it's, it's kind of an event. You can walk around and each of them have different displays and stuff where you can go in and, and check out the different cultural displays and things. Well, that's really awesome. I, I know you mentioned talking about being outdoors and things like that. The weather can be <laughs> pretty brutal in the, in the summertime where like the, the heat and the humidity. I know I was there in college and we were forced to wear suits for a picture and man, I was dying. I was sweating so much. What's the weather like? And are there certain times of year that, that you recommend people visiting? Yeah. So you're not wrong about the summer. It is humid and it can get very hot. It's a city where you want to be outside and the most people visit in the summer. It's like you said, you, you know, you go with your family and a lot of people do that. It's a great place to take kids and teach them about the history of the country and the history of the people that founded the country and all that kind of stuff. So it's a great place to take your kids and kids are off school in the summer. So that's when a lot of people go. So Summertime, you get most tourists and probably the harshest weather. It's July and August are very humid in D.C., but that results in, you know, shoulder seasons of spring and fall where a little bit less tourists as, you know, the kids go back to school and honestly, perfect weather. The weather's mild. You know, you have have great days in the spring and fall, which are, you know, very similar seasons in terms of weather. 
outside of a couple weeks in the spring that we can talk about in a minute that you may or may not want to avoid, spring and fall are great times to visit the city and and really just just spend time outside the the entire time you're there. The winter can be cold. It's like your standard, you know, mid-Atlantic winter. It can snow and be 20 degrees or it can be 40 and 50 and and with no tourists around and you have a great experience walking around outside and kind of seeing a different side of DC with none of the tourists flocking all the major attractions. So uh, winter could be, you know, that hidden gem season if you can get there in a milder week and or don't mind the cold weather and being outside because you can have, the, you know, those major attractions a little bit more to yourself. We were there a couple summers ago and it was a road trip and we were, got there around like 11 or 12 at night and we were able to go to a few of the monuments and we had them almost to all to ourselves. There was a few people around, but, you know, we were able to take selfies and like good photos of of the monuments in like the moonlight and it was absolutely gorgeous. And a lot of times people think of only visiting during the day uh, because that's when you get like obviously the sunlight and everything else. But you know, if you can stay up a little bit later, you're going to have like way better experiences away from all the people and be able to take your time and just kind of enjoy yourself instead of like being shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of people bumping, bumping into you. Yeah, I totally agree. I, it's one of my favorite times to go to the National Mall and, and see those monuments that are the most famous things to visit in the city. It's one of my favorite times is to do it at night because most of them are lit up with like big spotlights and they're pretty amazing to see at night because they're just, you know, the lights make them stand out. And uh, it's just a different, a little bit of a different perspective than you would normally see when walking around the National Mall in the day. I will say that if you're a morning person, you don't like staying up late, sunrise is also a great time to go to the National Mall, sit on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and look out towards the Washington Monument where the sun's rising. And oftentimes you're, there's people there, it's a popular thing to see, but there's less people than are there in, in the middle of the day. And it's it's a really cool experience to be there as the sun rises and reflects off the reflecting pool in front of you. And so sunrise and nighttime are great, you know, not as often talked about times to visit the National Mall. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm more about the, uh, the, the middle of the night type of thing. Uh, waking up super <laughs> early is like very tough for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned earlier about uh, a little bit busier season that's like in, in the April or maybe you do or do not want to visit DC. Is that like the cherry blossom uh, time? Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. So once a year is the cherry blossom festival and it, it, happens around peak bloom, which is when the cherry blossom trees are bloomed and have their white and pink flowers on them. This varies a little bit every year, depending on whether it's like end of March, beginning of April. Um, and it really just depends on the weather. If it's a, you know, a colder spring, it, the, the peak bloom will be a little later. So it's kind of hard to plan in advance for when it's going to happen. But if you want to see one of the coolest sites in DC, go to the Cherry Blossom Festival. The trees are are beautiful. If you can get there early in the morning when there's less crowds, because it is one of the most popular times, if not the most popular time to visit the city. Um, if you can get there early in the morning and see the trees with a little less people, it's it's great. Um, you'll get some great pictures and it only lasts for one or two weeks and it lasts as long as the weather lets it last kind of. Uh, you know, if it's windy or rainy, they'll knock the, the petals off the trees and the flowers will only be bloomed for a couple weeks. But if you can, if you could time it right and you can get there during the peak bloom and you don't mind a lot of crowds and you don't mind playing a lot for hotels because they'll be expensive during that time, it's it's a great thing to see once in your life for sure. Right on. Yeah, that, that's definitely a time to use miles and points for your hotel stay. That way you don't have to pay that, those exorbitant rates on, on the cash side. So let's, let's take a step back. I know that uh, just from going there numerous times myself that there's the three airports there in the D.C. area. Is there one that you recommend over the over the other, or is it just whatever find whatever rate you can find that that's, that fits your budget? 
so there's there's definitely one I recommend over the other. Um, I've flown out of out of and into DC many times when I lived there. So there's three airports that service the city. There's the Baltimore Washington International Airport, which is BWI, uh, and that's a little bit closer to Baltimore. It's about 45 50 minutes outside the city driving. Uh, you have Washington Dulles International Airport, IAD, which is about 45 to 50 minutes also outside the city west in Virginia. So a little bit in a different spot, but about the same distance, maybe a little bit closer than BWI. And then you have uh, the Washington Reagan National Airport, DCA, which is basically in the city. You're very close to the city. You can get out of your gate and, and into your Uber and be in the city in 10 or 15 minutes, depending on traffic. So that's definitely the airport that I recommend to fly into. It doesn't have the most flexibility for flights because it is just a national airport. So you can't actually fly direct from an international destination into that airport. But if you can find a way to route yourself into DCA, you'll be in the city way faster than you would be if you were flying into IAD or BWI, which I said are about 50 minutes outside the city driving. Nice. Yeah, I think if I was flying my just myself, I would probably try to hit DCA as much as I could. But when I'm paying for four tickets for me, my wife, and my kids, whatever one is the cheapest option, it, you make up for that little bit of extra commute time just for that uh, on the in and out flights. So that, to me, that makes sense. Okay, so whatever airport you're flying into, uh, I think all of them have good connections for public transportation. Would you recommend doing public transportation or renting a car or just taking a ride share and, and making it easier on yourself? That's a good question, and and I, I have a pretty straightforward answer for this one. Um, if you're going to spend most of your time in the city of of DC and not in the surrounding areas of Virginia and Maryland, which are which are also good places to visit and popular places to visit when you come to the area, I would definitely recommend not renting a car. Parking in the city is is hard to find. Rush hour is jam packed with traffic. Depending on where what hotel you stay in in the city, you could be paying thirty to forty dollars a night for a parking fee, which really jacks up your hotel rate for sure. So you don't need a car when you visit DC. The public transportation is great and it's well traveled. Um, the locals use it every day to get to work, and and they don't drive. So honestly, the tourists should too. When you fly into DCA, you can hop right on the the metro train, which is the subway in DC, and there's a stop right at the airport. You can be in the city in ten minutes. If you're flying into IAD in in Virginia, you can be in the city in about about an hour or so on the on the train. They they actually just extended the metro line out to Dulles Airport, which it was a little harder to get into the city from there previously. But now you can you can hop on the train as well and get all the way into the city. Uh, and then if you're flying into the, the airport a little closer to Baltimore, you can hop on a commuter train, which take a little bit longer and aren't as uh, don't run as often. Uh, and I think are slightly more expensive, but there's definitely public transportation options from all three airports to get anywhere really that you need to get in the city. Okay, that's awesome. So I, I know that with your your newsletter, Travel Mentors, you kind of uh, unearth a lot of really cool like hidden facts and focus on some of the, the off-the-beaten-path attractions and everything. I know obviously in D.C. there's a Smithsonian and like the major monuments like the Washington Monument, Lincoln, et cetera. But what are some of like the the hidden gems of D.C. that a lot of people don't necessarily know about? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And um, living there for five years, it was something that I, I tried to keep track of my favorites because, like you said, the, you know, the most popular places to visit in the National Mall and those big monuments. But there are a ton of things to visit in D.C. that most people who visit there probably never even see or hear about. A lot of these for me are outdoor related things. One, because I like being outside. And two, because D.C. is, like you said, a very walkable and, and outdoors oriented city. 
but I want to hit on a few of these. So one of them is the U.S. Air Force Memorial. So it's like a not as popular monument. And the reason for that is because it's right by uh, the Pentagon in Virginia, right across the river from D.C. And you can actually see this from most places you're at in the city. It has three spires like shooting up into the sky, representing like the planes kind of like doing a certain plane formation in the Air Force. For a while, like the first few years I lived in D.C., I would like see it and just be like, wow, that monument looks cool. I wonder what it is, but I never visited it. And then finally, like one time we went up and and checked it out. And it's really cool because it sits a little bit up on a hill, which DC is very flat, by the way. So to find like a little bit of a, a vantage point from a hill is kind of rare. So the Air Force Memorial sits up on this hill and you actually have uh, one of the only skyline views of DC that exists that I know of. You can see right across the river and see pretty much the whole skyline. And um, although, like I said, DC is very flat, and the buildings aren't very tall in DC. They're all, you know, the skyline is pretty low. You can very easily pick out the Washington Monument in the distance and the Lincoln Memorial and the Capitol building. And um, it's a really cool spot to go. And it's never very crowded. Like I said, it's not as popular. So people don't really know about it. And you'll oftentimes be there by yourself. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, my dad was uh, my dad was in the Air Force. So next time I go, I definitely have to check that one out. For sure. One of the other places that I love to visit is Gravelly Point Park and this trail called the Mount Vernon Trail. So the the Potomac River runs kind of right along the edge of Washington, D.C. And on the Virginia side of that river is the Mount Vernon Trail. And it's a it's a paved bike trail, running trail, multipurpose. And when it gets close to the, the airport that I mentioned, Washington Reagan National Airport, it kind of breaks into this park called Gravelly Point Park. It's a big grassy area. And you'll see like a lot of people sitting there in those little camping chairs and you'll be running past on the trail and be like, I wonder why these people are sitting here on camping chairs. And all you have to do is wait 10 minutes and you'll see a plane fly over your head about like 100 feet above you. And you're like, oh, that's why they're all sitting here in the camping (laughs) chairs, because these planes land like the I mean, you're right by the airport runway and they do fly like right over your head. Like if someone peeked their head out the window, if they could on the plane you would be able to see them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it's really cool place to, if, you're, if you're into the planes. And even if you just want to see something kind of different and unique in the city, it's a, it's a cool place to just hang out outside. And if it's nice weather, you know, takes, take a blanket and some food, have a picnic and just kind of watch the planes land. It's a, it's a cool experience. That's awesome. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are really into plane spotting. And so I'll definitely have to recommend the, them stop by there. Yeah, that's that's a great spot to, to plane spot for sure. And one of the other places that, that I love to visit is is a place called Theodore Roosevelt Island. It's it actually sits on the Potomac River, but it also has an entrance from that that trail I mentioned, the Mount Vernon Trail. You can go on this island and it's it's not that big, but it has about a two mile walking loop around it. And in the center is kind of a hidden monument to Teddy Roosevelt. And it's like a big statue of him. And um, it kind of is meant to represent his love of like the outdoors and how he kind of was instrumental in starting the national park system. And it's kind of this like hidden island, which is just, you know, a pocket of nature in a pretty densely populated city, which is a pretty cool place to visit if the weather's nice. And again, like you're outside, if you're exploring that Mount Vernon trail and you're at Gravelly Point Park, head on a little bit north and you can you can hit Teddy Roosevelt Island as well. Yeah, for sure. Most people, when they think of visiting DC, would not think of like outdoors and nature and, and things like that. So that's really cool that those are good options for them. Let's talk about uh, maybe a couple of museums or other type of attractions that maybe get a little bit overlooked when people go to DC. So the Smithsonian um, Institution is is famous in DC. You know, you hear about the Smithsonian museums, and there's all the the big time ones like you know the American History or the 
there's a bunch of them, right? But there's two that I, I really like that are a little bit overlooked. And, and the first one is the the National Postal Museum. It's actually a it's a lot larger than you would think it is for a museum dedicated to the postal system. Um, but it's really cool. There's like a ton of history about postage and stamps and how mailboxes have, you know, evolved over the years and the history of the postal service. And it's interesting to see kind of that history. And they talk about how, you know, the technology that sorts the mail and that kind of stuff. So if that sounds interesting to you, it's one of the, you know, lesser known museums, but it's like as big as some of the you know, the famous ones. It's actually right by Union Station. So if you end up taking a train into Union Station to get to the city, uh, you can hop right next door and, and check out that museum. Oh, that's really cool. Maybe I'll find uh, some of that lost mail I've been missing. <laughs> <laughs> or at least maybe see where, where it might have ended up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> There's one other Smithsonian museum that that's often overlooked. It's called the Old Post Office Clock Tower. It's in the Old Post Office Building. And it's... Uh, it's actually now the Trump International Hotel, but if you go inside, there's a portion of the, the hotel that's still owned by the Smithsonian Institution, and you take an elevator up to the top, and it has another one of the best vantage points in the city, and you go up there, and, and you'll see there's signs for like the Smithsonian post office clock and tower. You're what you're kind of up, and you're in the middle of the city, so you have a view of like the National Mall and the monuments more from the city rather than what I mentioned earlier, which from the Air Force Memorial have a view from across the river. This is kind of like more in the center of the city and, and one of the best views you can have, I think, in the city itself. Oh, that's really awesome. Then we only have a couple more minutes left. And I know we talked about earlier how there's such a diverse culture in DC and they bring a lot of their foods and everything from their from their countries. What are a couple of like can't miss restaurants that we should make sure we we visit when we are there in DC? There's a few. I, I actually have a, a list of like my favorite places to eat that I, that I aggregated over my time in D.C. So, uh, Lee, if you want to include that in the show notes, I'm more than happy to share that with you. I have a ton of places that are great, but I'll, I'll hit on a couple uh, just briefly. When people go to D.C., they hear about Georgetown Cupcakes, which is like a, was a famous show on TLC. And people try to hit that up. And there's always a long line. There's actually a place right down the street. It's called Baked and Wired. It's also a cupcake shop. And I actually like the cupcakes better at Baked and Wired than at Georgetown Cupcakes, but it's got a less of a line. I like the cupcake. The cupcakes, I think, are, are a little bit better. And uh, they also have like some great coffee, which I don't think you can get coffee at Georgetown Cupcakes. So uh, if you're going to Georgetown for cupcakes, you can wait in the line at Georgetown Cupcakes or you can go to Baked and Wired, which I think is better. There's another it's actually a local chain and it's starting to expand actually outside of D.C., but the name of it is Cava, C-A-V-A. The way I describe it is like fast, casual Mediterranean food. It's kind of like a Chipotle for Mediterranean food. You you walk up to the counter and you you know pick all the things you want, what type of hummus, what type of greens, what type of grains, the toppings. And so if you want like a quick lunch and you're looking for something a little different, it's delicious. It's a great spot. And they're all there's a lot of different locations in the city. If you just search Kava on Google Maps, you'll, you'll see them all pop up. Oh, right on. Yeah. My wife is all about the hummus. So uh, we'll definitely stop there. They have like three different kinds. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, what about if we wanted to have like a, a breakfast before we head out for like a long day of, of seeing all the sites and everything like that? Where would we go for that? One of my favorite breakfast spots is uh, Ted's Bulletin. I think there's three locations in the city and surrounding areas. It's a local DC place and they have great breakfast food. But uh, if you go there, the, the main thing to get is their famous pop tarts. So they have like you know, a rotating flavor and then like their main flavors that they make every day. And they're like freshly made. And they, they also have like pies and milkshakes and other, other sweets and things in addition to the breakfast food. But if you go there for breakfast, you have to leave there or eat while you're there a pop tart for sure. 
Right on. Yeah, I, I grew up on Pop Tarts, and it's weird. My kids are six and ten now, and they want nothing to do with Pop Tarts. So I almost had to disown them. You know, so. <laughs> So say my wife and I are going to DC on, a, on just like a weekend trip for it by ourselves. Uh, where should I take her if I want to take her someplace a little bit more romantic? Okay. So my favorite restaurant in DC, it's an Italian place. Definitely a great date spot. Like my wife and I went there all the time. Uh, the name of it is Alvolo Osteria. And it's on the, it's on the list of restaurants that, that you're going to link in the, in the show notes. But uh, they make the, all of their pasta homemade and they cook it like behind this glass window where you can like kind of see in and see them making it. The Italian food is very authentic. They bring you that like bread with the fresh oil to dip it in and garlic in the oil and stuff when, you know, as an appetizer. And the wine too is, is great there. So that is my number one favorite restaurant in DC, maybe anywhere, honestly. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm definitely going to have that, add that to the list and uh, maybe surprise her. Maybe she, I'll tell her not to listen to this episode. That way I can surprise her. Good idea. <laughs> when we go. <laughs> Well, right on, Mike. I really appreciate sharing all these amazing tips. I learned a lot about DC, and when I go there, I, I got a whole bunch of new places I got to add to my list uh, of visiting. But now it's time for the final countdown. I know we just talked about a bunch of different food places, but if somebody only had time for one meal when they visit DC, where should they go and what should they eat? So if you want to hit that quintessential DC historic food spot, you have to go to Ben's Chili Bowl. Ben's Chili Bowl is, uh, they make chili and, and they make their famous half smoke, which is like a type of sausage that, you know, they grill and, and put on, you know, sandwich or on chili or where, however you want it. And uh, a lot of famous people have eaten their presidents. They have like all the pictures on the wall and stuff. And it's it's been around forever and it's a staple in D.C. So it's Ben's Chili Bowl. Uh, it's, you know, fast casual. You wait in line. Probably will be a line because it's a famous spot in D.C. But uh, definitely one of the places you should hit up if you only have one spot to go. Right on. Okay. So like you said, you lived in DC for about five years. And so I'm sure you have a, a bunch of different stories. Which one of your most memorable? Yeah. One of my, one of my most memorable stories is, is from the first year I lived there. Uh, my wife and I were on the national mall near the Capitol building and we didn't, we didn't really understand the geography of the city as much at that point, And we didn't, didn't know how far it was. Like the national mall was, it takes up a pretty big area in the city. Uh, so we were at the Capitol building and you like, it's all flat and you look off into the distance and you can see like the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument. And, and we were just like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, just walk down the mall and head to those, those monuments. So we start walking and you're like, we walk for like 20 minutes and we're like, we're not even halfway there yet. How far <laughs> is this? And so we, we keep walking and it, it's actually like nighttime when we're doing this. And so we walk the whole way and it's very safe there. So like fine to walk around there at night, like you mentioned earlier in the show. But we made it all the way to the Lincoln Memorial and we got there. And, and one of the things about being close to the Lincoln Memorial is that there's not any uh, metro stop or public transportation right there. So we looked on the map and we're like, oh, if we cross the bridge right here to the other side of the river, it's Arlington Cemetery and there's a metro stop there. So let's let's cross the river and keep going. So in the end, I think we walked like three or four miles to like do this whole stretch. We get to the other side of the river and the, the metro station is closed. Oh, <laughs> so, no. <laughs> um, another tip, I guess, to leave is that the Arlington Cemetery metro station closes at 730 or something around that time. It's it's one of the only ones that closes early because people don't go there after the cemetery closes. So we had to like hail a taxi from that stop and it, it was <laughs> fine. Like we got home, but it was just like we had walked that whole distance and we're like, OK, finally, we can like head home. And like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. If your wife is anything like mine. I definitely would have got that look when we got to the when we got to the, the subway station and it was closed. It would have, it would have been that little side eye look, like really. We didn't <laughs> I think I think we were both giving each other some looks at that point. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, speaking of uh, happy times and fun memories, where's the happiest happy hour in DC? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to spin this one a little bit and tell you that my happiest happy hour is often in the morning at uh, a coffee shop. So uh, one of my go-to coffee shops is Compass Coffee. It's a local DC coffee chain. And uh, they are also scattered all around the city and surrounding areas. There's like a, a decent number of them at this point. So probably wherever you're staying, there's one nearby. And they make great coffee. They have all different, you know, they make all your standard, you know, coffee shop types of coffee, your lattes and your cappuccinos. And, and they make some great cold brew. And uh, they're co- if you're a coffee person, that it's one of the places to, to try out in D.C. Right on. Yeah, it, coffee definitely makes my wife happy. And so if mommy ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to definitely hit, hit that up on the, in the morning. Uh, now, for me, though, uh, one thing I always do whenever I travel is check out local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in D.C.? Yeah, so I, I actually have two answers for this one. If you want a more casual experience, uh, there's a place called And Pizza. It's another local chain, but it is a great place to stop in and uh, just get a quick pizza. You basically tell them like what you want on your pizza. It's like one of those like counter order places, and you watch them put it on, and they run it through one of those like conveyor belt convection oven things. Oh sure. Uh, and it comes out cooked on the other side, and it's great. If you want pepperoni pizza, they have this pizza called the Maverick which has pepperoni and a bunch of other types of meats on it. And uh, it's it's a really good one. So, and pizza is a great, great place. Again, it's there's a few different locations. So you're probably near one if you're staying in the city. And then the, the second place is a little bit more of a, another, probably I would say good date spot for you, Lee. And the, the name of it is uh, Two Amy's. It's in the city and it has like your authentic Neapolitan pizza. If you want pepperoni pizza, they got it. But uh, they also have like just very authentic Neapolitan style pizzas fresh out of the oven it was surprising to me when i was there but they don't actually cut your pizza when they bring it to you because they say that like when they cut it it stops the cooking so when they take it out of the oven it's still cooking i guess and they bring it to your table and they don't cut it so you have to cut it to me that was like more authentic so that that pizza's great the name of it is two amy's uh they both sound like awesome experiences so i'm gonna have to check out both now obviously like we talked about a little bit earlier you have this uh, really cool newsletter about travel so I'm sure you picked up on some amazing travel tips throughout uh, your years in running it. What's one of your best travel tips? Yeah, I, I'll give you a travel tip uh, specific to DC. There's a bike rental service in DC called Capital Bike Share. And uh, again, it's a you know an outdoors oriented tip, but if you're there in nice weather and you like riding bikes, this bike share program has stations all over the city. And what you can do is you pay like $8 or something for 24 hour rental and you have unlimited 30 minute rides for that 24 hours. So you can find a station with these bikes docked and pull your bike out, ride it for up to 30 minutes, which is more than enough to get to most likely your next stop in DC. And then you can put it at a dock at that place you're stopping at. And then when you're done at that location, walking around, looking at the sites, you can grab a bike from that dock again and go to the next one. And it's a great way to get around a little faster and see a little more than just walking. Uh, and those those stations are, are everywhere that you can just search Capital Bike Share map and you'll see they're just not only in the city, but in the surrounding areas of the city as well. Oh, that's really awesome. And I love it that, that you're only paying for what you're using. I mean, that's a problem. Like when you get a rental car or something like that, you have your car sitting there and you're still paying for it. And, you know, and this way you're only paying for what you use. So that's that's a great tip. So, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all these amazing tips. I know I learned a lot. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do. And then, like I said, mention about your newsletter. And then if somebody has questions about DC, what's the best way for them to reach you? 
Sure. Yeah. So I, I write a newsletter called Your Travel Mentors. Uh, you can find it at yourtravelmentors.com. Uh, I send it out every other week and I interview experienced travelers, people who travel full time or have spent lots of time on the road and kind of have made traveling their lifestyle. Interview them and and summarize their stories and, and their advice into, into this newsletter and provide a lot of uh, I try to provide a lot of more local tips and local advice rather than your, you know, the things that you're going to find on TripAdvisor or, or something like that. So every other week I feature a different, I'll call them travel mentors. And um, that's the newsletter. You can check it out at yourtravelmentors.com. Uh, if you need to get in touch with me or ask me some more questions about DC or about the newsletter, you can find me on Twitter at Traveler Mentors. And I'm sure you'll include that in the show notes, Lee, but that's the Twitter handle. Sounds awesome. Uh, we'll definitely include links to all that in the show notes. And Mike, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Awesome. Thanks, Lee. I really appreciate it. This was fun. What a fun conversation with Mike. I learn something new every time I visit our nation's capital. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash DC. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we head to Madrid, Spain to speak with my new friend Javier Garcia Colomo of cooltourspain.com. In this episode, Javier and I talk about Plaza Mayor, the Prada Museum, and Madrid Art Week. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.